Hey everybody, this is Curtis here with another episode of Chickadee Chat. First of all, I just wanted to thank all the new listeners. I have a whole bunch of new people that are listening to the show, and I really do appreciate the support. Don't forget to like the show, subscribe, and rate it on whatever podcast format you're listening to it on. And if you are really looking to help out and you know anybody who is into birds, birding, or any sort of bird feeding, or maybe looking to get into it, a beginner, expert, doesn't matter. Please tell a friend that is the easiest way to support the podcast, and it's truly appreciated for me. So in the last episode, we got into the feeder, but in in a bit more detail. So we got, our, of course, our different types of feeders. We talked about the foundational feeder, tray feeders, finch feeders, all sorts of different things like that. And... Um, Essentially, the the goal of all of this is to build the ideal backyard birding habitat to not only give a better experience for the birds, but more joy for the people who are watching it, so yourself. Now, on top of your feeders, there are a whole bunch of other things that come into play when it comes to creating a ideal backyard habitat. And um, today I'm going to get into some of those things. So one of the most important things on top of the bird food, of course, is um, having water present for the birds. So the nice thing about water is, first of all, you need it, you need to have it year round. So depending on your climate, this can be, this can be challenging or, or pretty easy if you're in a warmer climate. And it definitely changes the way you have to deal with the water depending on the type time of season. So I'm in northern Canada, so we have, and I'm in a somewhat desert area, so we have very, very hot summers and very cold winters. So when I talk in temperatures, because I'm in Canada, I do deal with um, the metric system, so I talk Celsius and not Fahrenheit. So in the summer... We get about um, anywhere up to 40 degrees Celsius, and in the winter, we can go as low as minus 30 Celsius. So some things when you are providing water for the birds that you have to keep in mind is cleanliness and also keeping the water thawed in the winter. So when you are, when you are providing water with for your birds, there are all sorts of many ways you can do it you can buy bird baths you can buy saucer pans and depending on your local stores or or online stores that you can find there's a whole bunch of different different routes you can go i have a a bunch of selections so i've got like a little homemade saucer pan but it's pretty deep so what i've done to that is i've added rocks to the bottom so that the birds can actually find the bottom and not worry about having to go for too much of a swim I also have a really shallow bird bath that I have mounted in my backyard to a a post that holds up my patio. And that one has a heater built into it that I can plug into an extension cord in the winter. So it's good to about minus 35. And for me, that is adequate because I've never seen it get lower than that. And um, it is really nice because it allows me to provide a year round water source for the birds. And in my main sort of summer um, bird landscape, I, I do that in the front yard because it is the most easily um, viewable spot for me in my house and 
it's sort of my main garden. So in the front, I've got a concrete, pretty heavy bird bath that just sort of sits in the garden. And what I've done is I've attached a uh, solar fountain to it. So when it comes to the water, they you don't need to have moving water, but moving water and the sound of moving water will be the number one thing to attracting birds to your to your garden so some of the reasons why water is important in your your bird habitat is of course for birds to drink especially in areas if you have droughts or in the winter where you're severely frozen and there's no snow it can be very difficult for birds to find water now i do live in an area where there is a large river that never drives up so in in my area it's unlikely that a bird is ever going to run out of water however sometimes that river does freeze and there is no snow so in those cases it is really important to have some water set up so that they can get to it but most of the time there's going to be water however i with me having the bird water stations in stations in my yard they're very very um well used and one nice thing about having water in the yard is you tend to attract birds that don't come to feeders. So one good example of that is um, American robins. Now, they're not really feeder birds. They, they'll come to the garden and eat worms from time to time, but they're, you're not going to see them at your tray feeder and whatnot. It's, it's very unlikely. But they love taking baths and bird baths. So aside from drinking the water, they will also bathe in the water, which is important. You know, they get... They get bugs and all sorts of different oils and dirts in there. So when they when they bathe in the water, they're cleaning up and then they, they preen afterwards and they keep their feathers from getting mites and, you know, different funguses and whatever else. So once you have a, a bird bath station in your yard, it becomes really obvious to how important it is. And um, in my opinion, it's probably going to be the number one bird attractant thing that you will have in your yard of course the food is up there too but like I said it will attract birds that don't normally come to feeders and something about especially if you have moving water or fountain or anything like that where they can hear the water that is going to attract so many birds it it will be uh, overwhelming sometimes so when you do have the water in your yard, whether it's in a, a bird bath or just a little homemade tray or whatever the case be, there's a couple things to consider. Like I said, in the winter, keeping it thawed. Now this can be done in different ways. You can buy little heaters that you can put in your bird baths. You can buy bird baths that have heaters built into them. There's there's sort of different methods that you can use. You can change it frequently, which can be, you know, difficult. But um, those are all things that can be overcome. And it is, like I said, important, especially when it is very cold. That is, This is our most crucial time for feeding the birds is in the severe winter months when, when it is frigid and whatnot. And if you are in a climate where you don't have that, well then, I mean, you really don't have to worry about that. So that's a bonus. But um, peop- a lot of people that do feed the birds, especially here in Canada, we definitely deal with those uh, rocky months. Now, 
Another thing you have to consider is changing the water. So depending on what type of bird bath you have, if you've got a really heavy concrete one, that can be more challenging. If you've got a little tray, then it's, it's gonna be as easy as dumping it, rinsing it, and uh, refilling it. So when you are cleaning them, it is important because in the summer, what you'll get is you'll get, um, you can get mosquito issues. If you have your feeder in the sun, you can get allergy issues. And these, you know, are not things that you want. So you're going to want to clean out your feeders from time to time. You don't have to clean it every time you replace the water. But this will be important to do, you know, from time to time to get, make sure you get any bug eggs out of there, dirt, um, algae, stuff like that. And you can do that with a 10% solution of bleach. Um, just like when you're cleaning your feeders, you just use a little bit of bleach, rinse that out and uh, get some clean, fresh water in there. In the uh, summer, if, if you've got your, uh, if you've got your uh, bird bath in the sun, you're going to want to change that every few days. You don't want to let that go much longer than that. And in the winter, uh, you can you can let it last a week, but anytime you start getting bird droppings and stuff like that in there, you're going to want to clean it out because you don't want uh, the birds drinking and bathing in other birds' poop. That's not not very uh, polite or nice for them. So that is something that is important to keep in mind. When it comes to um, the sound, or sorry, the depth of the, the bird bath, that is something that you do wanna keep in mind. Uh, you don't want it to be any deeper than three inches. And the reason for that is you don't want the birds to have the water too deep so that they can't get it in a bath. Now, depending on the type of feeder, most of the time the birds are going to stand on the edge and just use it to drink. But if they are going in for a bath, it is important that they're able to touch the bottom. So if you do have a feeder that is too deep for the birds to bathe in, some ways to combat that are, like I mentioned at the start, you can add rocks to the bottom of the feeder so that there is a shallower bottom. And that way they can get into it because unfortunately they're not like ducks they can't just swim around in it and and bathe in any depth of water so another little thing that you can consider is uh, sometimes the bumblebees and honeybees do like to go into the water as well but if it is too deep they will drown so if you're worried about them as well you can place like a small twig or branch in there that they're able to grab onto and climb out of the water and that can be a that can be a nice way to take care of them as well if you are also interested in making some sort of a bumblebee feeder in your garden you can make something as simple as a pie plant pan filled with marbles and then topped off with water so that the marbles create a nice safe shallow spot for the bumblebees to get in and take a little sip of water so that's that's just some of the important things um, when it comes to water in the garden. Keeping in mind, you don't have to have any sort of uh, water drip or mister or fountain, but all these things will increase the bird activity, and uh, they really, really do love the misters and the drips. And you can buy most of these things at garden stores, or you can, or nature centers or bird feeding stores and and if you really want to save a little money or become more creative there's so many diy options you can come up with as well and maybe i'll go a bit more into detail on that to a in a later podcast 
So that pretty much does it for water and um, don't underestimate the importance of it and you will truly enhance your um, bird feeding experience by having water uh, added into your bird habitat. So the next thing that I want to get into is uh, having landing surfaces for the birds in your habitat. So not everybody in their yard has access to trees and bushes and branches and all sorts of things like that. And these really do increase the activity of birds in your yard. So say you've got a feeder and a bird bath and it's just hanging from a baffle or pole or whatever you you're maybe your deck, but you don't have any trees or branches or perching spots, you're you're limiting the amount of birds you can attract to your yard at one time. And as if you if you have been bird feeding or bird watching, there's one thing that is pretty much undisputable is that the more birds equals the the more joy. So there's a different couple different options for having perching areas in your yard. So if you do have trees then you pretty much don't have to worry about it. If you have dead trees in your yard and you're thinking about cutting them down, unless they're a, a danger to, to blow over in a windstorm or something, you should maybe consider keeping them because you might notice that they're sure a great area for, you know, goldfinches and other types of finches to, to really hang out in flocks. They really do like these areas to perch on. Now, if you don't have any trees or bushes or landing spots for these birds, there are little ways that you can come up with to, um, to, to, to create these areas. So one of the things you can do is you can actually buy or create a little pole system. So you, what you can do is you can have a pole that has sort of these little brackets on it and you can cut branches off of a dead tree you find somewhere or maybe at the uh, yard waste lot or whatever. In the forest, you can find some dead branches on the ground, some st cool branches with some all sorts of curves and bends in them. And you can screw, you can put them in these little brackets and sort of use like a screw or a, I don't know the word to use, but sort of screw it to, to clamp it into those, those brackets. And you can create almost like an artificial tree. Now, there are some companies, I know Wild Birds Unlimited sells like a, a bird feeding pole station. So what it does is that you can hang multiple feeders off of it, but you can also clamp branches into it. And, and the end result is like a tree looking thing that you can hang feeders off of. And if you don't have landing areas in your yard and you add one of these with some feeders, you will increase the level of bird activities in your yard. I mean, a, a ton, it will, be, it will be very, very drastic. Um, I mean, and if you do have, like I said, if you do have a dead tree or something like that, or, or you do have trees, then this doesn't really apply to you. However, if you, if you do create one of these fake tree sort of setups, one of the nice parts about that is those trees will not grow leaves, obviously, because they are not alive. And you will be able to always see your birds, which is ultimately the goal in all of this. Now, other than the, the, the perching landing spots for your birds, it's important to have vertical landing spots as well. So this means if you don't 
have a tree or a tree trunk or something that woodpeckers can climb up and down or nut hatches, it is it is really nice thing to add to your yard and it's a lot easier than adding a tree or a fake tree like I mentioned a couple minutes ago. And really you can do this in many ways. So if you want a vertical landing spot, there's there are some um, companies uh, Wild Birds Unlimited. They, 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 I've mentioned them a lot because they are the gold standard and they sell everything and anything you can come up with to have a better birding experience. So you can create this by getting a chunk of a tree bark. You can buy, or sorry, you can get a, a, a thin tree um, trunk. You can screw something into the top of it and hang it. You can hang bark, and this this will actually give you something to um, hang a vertical landing spot. And it, it is really important because woodpeckers do, and nuthashes, do climb up and down wood. And the nice thing about having a vertical landing spot in your yard, if you have nuthashes and woodpeckers, because the woodpeckers go normal and the nuthashes go upside down, you can actually have both of them on one feeding spot at one time. And the nice thing about the vertical landing spots, whether it be the actual branch of your tree, or sorry, trunk of your tree, or something created like a tree trunk or bark that you have created and, and hung. You can you can put uh, suet fat on it, you can put bark butter on it, you can even drill holes in the trunk and put uh, suet fat in the holes, and and you're, you're just increasing the amount of bird activity you're having in your yard. And I love having woodpeckers in the yard. It is Anytime the woodpeckers come and eat the suet and the bark butter, it, it, uh, it's definitely the highlight of my day. I've not been able to um, attract nut hatches yet, but I'm not giving up on that. And uh, when they do find the yard, they will be pleasantly surprised with all the vertical landing spots that I have and the, the yummy bark butter that I do feed them. So now that we've covered our bird feeding basics, it's... Um, it's important to consider your feeder locations. Now, you wanna be thoughtful with your, your feeder placement and there's different sort of um, things you need to consider when you are placing these feeders. So we've, we've gone over the types of feeders that are important, the water, landing spots, vertical landing spots, branch perching areas and um, and at this point, if you've, if you've nailed all those things off the list, you're probably already experiencing a high level of bird activity and, and uh, therefore a high level of joy. So sort of some of the things that you really do need to consider when it does come to the time to placing your bird feeders is... I'll, well, I'll just I'll just lift some of them off and you need to put them in a place where the birds have easy and safe access to the feeders so you don't want to put it in a place where a cat can stalk them and kill them you you want to make sure that you can you can put them in a nice place where they can um, see everywhere around them not be vulnerable to predators and um also, you know, you want to keep in mind if if they do get scared off, you don't want them to get scared off into traffic or 
whatever the case be. And now that's going to completely depend on on where you live and what sort of situation you have. But you, you must keep in mind the, the easy and safe access for the birds. Another thing that you that's also really important is putting the feeders in a place that you can easily see them from your window. So the, one of the main points to, to feeding the birds is not, not just to feed them, but also so that you can enjoy them and, and get the most joy out of it. And being able to see them through the windows is, is going to be really important. Birds can be pretty skittish, and yeah, you can be outside and watch them, but in the cold months or whatever, you, you do want to be able to see them through the windows. So putting them in a thoughtful location is is also very important and you also want to consider having uh, feeders in the location that you can see from your patio or, or deck so if you if you've got a patio or deck and you're always hanging out out there or you like to you like to hang out there in the summers maybe drink your coffee whatever you like to do it's important to make sure that your feeders are for, visible from there too now you can have different feeders in different areas in your yard or you can just have one main feeder area that's completely up to you I have them scattered everywhere because I like to see them wherever I am in my house and that's what gives me the most joy in this life uh, another thing when you are hanging your feeders you want to put them in a place where you can remove them so that you can sorry remove them easily so that you can clean and fill them easily you don't want to put yourself in any danger and um you want to make sure that the feeders are easy to move, easy to clean, easy to fill, and this will make it much more easy for you to maintain the feeders, which is really important for not only the bird's health, but, you know, keeping good numbers, keeping picky birds around, and um, keeping the birds healthy and happy and there for you to enjoy. Another thing to consider is keeping the feeders sheltered from weather. So, whether you have them under a cover, under a tree, whatever it be, you don't want, if you're in a very rainy area, you're going to want to make sure that you have feeders that aren't going to be getting soaked all the time and ruining your food and causing mold and all sorts of different things. So depending on your area, I'm lucky I live in a dry area like I've mentioned before, so I don't have to worry a ton about that. But I do have feeders that are under cover. I do have feeders that have roofs on them so that my, when my uh, when it does rain, um, th there's always some areas the birds can eat their fresh food from. And when it does rain, my feeders that are in not under the, any shelter, what I do is I bring them in so that I don't waste the food I have in them or let the feeders themselves get too weathered. Another thing to consider is keeping the uh, feeders at a proper distance away from branches and things that squirrels and other rodents can use to get onto your feeders. Now, some people like feeding squirrels and, and rodents and whatnot, and you can do that separately, but you don't want them eating from the same feeders as your birds. It's one that's going to scare away from the birds, scare away the birds, danger them, and potentially spread diseases to them. And you you don't want this. I'm really lucky I don't get a lot of rodents and I get no squirrels in my area, so I don't have to worry about squirrels hanging from my feeders but I I go on social media and I've lived in areas with with squirrels and I've seen them hanging and they they are very very clever so you just want to be mindful of placement of your feeders for keeping the squirrels away from them um another thing is you want to keep the feeders a suitable distance from one another 
This will give the different species of birds an opportunity to sort of have some privacy. Um, it will also give a, a larger number of birds the ability to eat food at one time. You don't want birds fighting over a feeder and, and the nice thing about having different feeders, different options of foods, you're going to really spread the birds out in your yard and, and give yourself a more enjoyable experience overall. You want to make sure that your feeders um, are at a, have, have a variety of different landing spots and heights. So it is important to have some higher, some lower. This will give the birds a bit more variety and uh, birds are sort of uh, creatures of habit and they, they, I don't know, they just, they just like the different, different heights. And um, also you want to make sure that your feeders are an appropriate distance away from your windows. This is important for a couple of reasons. One, of course, is for the birds, um, you know, comfort levels. They're, they're going to be more, less likely to come to a feeder that's right beside your window because they're a little bit more shy. You could have people there, cats, whatever the, the case be, but they're, it's important to give them, give them their space. And the most important part to not have them too close to the windows is because, as I'm sure you've possibly experienced, um, they're, uh, they're really likely to strike windows. And you do not want your birds striking your windows because that is the absolute opposite of joy and it is, it is completely heartbreaking. So you want to keep that in mind when it comes to placing your um, your bird feeders. Now depending on where you're watching your birds from, if you have a ground level window, your your options for the your bird feeding stations are going to be pro quite large. You can hang them from trees, poles, spread them out throughout your yard. It, it'll be much easier. Now if you are only watching your birds from a deck or patio, it does limit your options, but this doesn't prevent you from having a great bird feeding station. There's all sorts of accessories you can use to hang stations off your, your patio railings and all sorts of things. So depending on, on how you're setting your bird feed stations up, there's really any way to do it in any situation. If you want a bird feeder somewhere, you can do it. There's different sort of railing additions, there's poles you can stick in the ground, there's things you can hang from your roof, stick things to your windows, all sorts of things, but but you just need to consider all these things for, for the thoughtful um, placement of feeders. Now, if you, uh, the reason you want to keep your feeders separated is um, just sometimes diseases can spread throughout feeders, and if you do notice signs of diseases in birds at your feeders, you do want to spread your feeders out. But if you are limited to space, you can, you can have up to, say, nine feeders hanging from one pole. It, it is very doable with different types of feeders and foods. But like I said, if you do start to notice that birds are getting disease, and one, one disease to watch for is uh, eye diseases and finches, especially house finches. They seem to be very susceptible to these diseases. And if you are noticing birds are getting diseased at your feeders, you're going to want to clean them, spread them out, and possibly take them down for a little bit to prevent the spreading of the, these diseases. And um, another thing, when, you're, when you have the different heights of the feeders, the reason that this is important is some birds prefer different eye sites 
and um, it is it is really important to have different sort of more of a height diversity for different birds. Otherwise, you could prevent some different species of birds coming to your feeders. And like I said before, with the windows, you really want to be very very cognizant of uh, windows in your yard location. Maybe even putting stickers or or different sort of anti. Um, maybe even tint stickers. Uh, there's some glimmer stuff you can put on your windows so that the birds can see it at their windows. There's one study that estimates that 365 to, to 988 million birds die each year hitting residents' windows just in the USA. So that's, that's um, not good. Most of those birds are migratory birds and it's, it's devastating and horrible for them. And um, we, we need to prevent that to keep up the bird population because if you have read anything in over the last 50 years they've they've estimated 30 percent of birds and one in four species of birds has uh, died off and vanished and we have to do everything we can to keep the birds safe and protected and and of course we we need we love the joy of the bird feeding and keeping them safe is is part of that experience. So it's really important as I've mentioned a lot to to be thoughtful, creative and um and all these and and to consider all the details of having a perfect bird habitat. And the nice thing is is because our yards and and environments are all so unique, no no bird habitat is going to be like another. Some people have creeks in their yards. Some people just have a small backyard. Some people are feeding just off an apartment deck. So depending on your situation, it, it doesn't matter what your unique situation is, how lucky or maybe unlucky you are in where you live and what type of situation you have. You can adapt and, and be creative and be thoughtful and still have a very joyful bird feeding experience no matter where you are. There will be birds. Now, one last sort of thing that I'm going to get into that is sort of just repeating um, something that I mentioned before, but having multiple bird feeding stations. So like I said, you get your foundational, but you also set up bird feeding stations all over your yard or location. And depending on the size of your property or, or area where you're feeding the birds, this might not be overly doable, but... If you've got the space, having a large feeder location can be very, very, very nice for the birds and for you at watching the birds. So if you have an opportunity to buy multiple feeders and put them in multiple stations, some different heights, having your vertical landing spots, some perching spots, some high feeders, some lower feeders, tray feeders, finch feeders, set up bird baths and fountains and all sorts of things. I mean, the level, the amount of birds you're going to attract to your yard will be profound and um, you really, really won't regret it. So I'm going to, I'm going to wrap that up for this episode. For the next episode, I think I'm going to get into a bit more detail with um, sort of just, I, I want to do a, a sort of a, a run over of all the things we've learned so far and maybe get into some more details on uh on the types of birds in your backyards, seasonal changes, um, migrants that you could be expecting, you know, year-round residents, how to deal with your year-round birds, your migrating birds, 
sort of how to change for um, something that's happening right now, the nesting season, things that you can offer in your feed, feeding stations to sort of, you know, increase other than just your foods and waters and your landing spots and your your different feeders and whatnot. This this is something that can be expanded very, very deeply. And I'm, I think that's, that's the route I'm going to get in the next episode. And hopefully that will be in a day or two as I'm going to continue to do these on a more consistent basis. And then eventually we're going to get into the different types of birds. And I'm going to try to get some guests on the podcast as well and um, start to really expand this. So as I mentioned before, please subscribe to the podcast. Please rate the podcast. Tell a friend. Uh, really do anything you can to support the podcast. And I really, really do appreciate it. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening. I have an Instagram. It is Birding Backyard, B-I-R-D-I-N-G, B-A-C-K-Y-A-R-D, all one word. Check me out. I feature different amateur, professional bird photographers, photos on my page, shout outs, put people in my story. I've got all sorts of different things. I'm going to be doing some contests on there soon. going to be hooking people up with some different bird merch. Um, thinking about getting in some subscription packages, maybe selling some shirts, mugs, all sorts of things. So check out the Instagram, subscribe to the podcast, tell a friend. Thank you so much. This has been another episode of Chickadee Chat. I'm your host, Curtis. Thank you so much for listening. See you guys and gals. Bye.